Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, yeah, I mean, he's one of the leaders of this of this club, and he's uh, he's he's the leader of the bullpen, and um, you know, he he impacts any team he would be on, right? And what he's done and what he's capable of doing uh, for a ball club is uh, it's really good. You know, it, ex- it extends our uh, it lengthens our line, our bullpen and gives us another option and. Um, you know, you only have to manage eight inning, eight inning ball games now. If, uh, if he, as soon as he goes back out there to the ninth, it's Gabe Ramirez on six seventy the score and on six seventy the score dot com in Odyssey Station. Michael Kopech on the bump for the Chicago White Sox today, and all eyes will be on him, and most certainly all eyes will be on Pedro Grifol, who you just heard from, and trying to figure out when will he allow. Liam Hendricks to get back on the mound for his first start after uh, battling and defeating uh, stage four cancer right there, man. And really just um, just an inspiring story. I think, you know, for, for most fans, you hear about it. And a lot of people know people that have overcome, you know, cancer in one way or another. And so it's it's one of those things that's said so often that sometimes you forget how serious that can be. And I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest, I was I was guilty of it as well. But the moment you begin to talk to some of the White Sox beat writers, the moment you get to speak with, you know, former players and even current players, you really start to realize they are closer than, than, than we are. And they understand the significance and importance of Liam Hendricks being back uh, in Major League Baseball. It's a, it's, a, it's a motivational story, not only for the Chicago White Sox, but, but for the entire league. And Pedro, speaking before the game today, you know, really leaned into the fact that, you know, there's a there's a bigger picture here when it comes to Liam Hendricks. This is bigger than baseball, right? This is uh, this is about life um, and uh, and the diagnosis and the comeback and how he did it and um, and now uh, and how good he was prior to and how good he's going to be afterwards. And this this is this is a. Uh, this is just bigger than 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 the game itself. Uh, what he's done and how he's done it has it's been remarkable. Uh, it's an inspiration to everybody on this club. It's an inspiration to to everybody who follows the game and knows of Liam. Um, I'm just looking. We're I think we're all looking forward to seeing him on that on that mound for the first time. Last time Liam pitched October third. Got the save. One inning. Struck out the side. I mean, think about that. Liam Hendricks' last four outings, four saves, two hits, 
nine strikeouts. That's nasty. That is nasty. And so any team is going to welcome back a guy that can do something like that for you. And you hear Pedro Griffol mention, like, it's much easier to manage an eight-inning game when you know that you can easily just give the ball to Liam Hendricks to take care of that ninth. But he did mention, you know, when it comes to Liam, they are going to be taking certain uh, precautionary measures. No, actually, we want him to. You know, that's where that's where he'll take up his uh, velocity, his intensity, his focus. So, um, you know, we're actually um, waiting for the game adrenaline to see where, where exactly he really is. Yeah, and that's the idea, right? They don't want to overstress him, but they do understand that, you know, they, they do want to get him into some, you know, important situations. But they talked to Pedro Grifo as to whether or not, you know, Liam would be thrust into that, that closing position. Liam's a part of our pen now. Um, we'll, you know, the idea uh, for me is to, in talking to him is to, you know, break him in in another inning that's not the ninth inning. However, baseball has a way of handling that itself. Uh, I would definitely won't, would not hesitate to do it. Um, but um, right now our conversations have been, you know, throwing innings prior to the ninth. And that's... It's really what you want to hear. I don't think anyone on the Sox organization is saying you must throw Liam Hendricks or, you know, you must put him in there from the very beginning. Give him an opportunity. But, you know, when you're you're looking at the bullpen for the Chicago White Sox, it's it's in good shape right now. Got to be honest. You know, obviously, Cubs fans not feeling too good about their situation over there. In their closer situation, but you know, Kendall Graven's been doing a good job. I know Reynaldo Lopez probably wished he would have got the got the ball in the in the ninth instead of a Joe Kelly, you know, or not or the other day instead of a Joe Kelly. But I get it. Pedro Cafo was trying to, you know, build some confidence in their guys. Aaron Bummer's there, Garrett Crochet's finally back. Jimmy Lambert, you know, capable. Gregory Santos, we know what you can expect for him, but creating the competition in the bullpen and in the closer situation without Liam Hendricks, has made that position group even better than they were last year. And that's where they're sitting at right now. Um, Rick Hahn talked about Liam Hendricks as well and and his thoughts on his comeback. When we initially got the initial prognosis, uh, I don't think anyone would have been shocked if uh, the response to a stave 4 lymphoma diagnosis was we weren't going to see the guy pitch this year. Or if we initially announced, hey, you know, he's probably going to be gone until at least the All-Star break, I don't think anyone would have batted an eye uh, with that timeline. Uh, but Liam uh, and his wife Christy from the start were committed to getting back as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, I think the uh, May timeline that he had in his own mind throughout was a, a bit of a motivator for him and something that uh, I think uh, could hopefully uh, serve as a motivator to others who are suffering through similar diagnoses. So truly a, a remarkable accomplishment by, by Liam and by Christy and, and by all those involved in the rehabilitation and getting him back. You feel it. You hear it in Rick Hahn's voice when talking about Liam Hendricks and, you know, just how important he is to the team. I think he makes – I think Pedro's quote there about it's easier to, to manage an eight-inning game should – really stand out because that's how most people feel. Rick Hahn's like, 
I get a lot less stress when I have Liam closing games and I'm not losing it in the ninth. I think uh, I think Liam himself you know, t- throwing bullpen sessions in training in, in spring training is crazy. And then to think you know you're out back with a couple of rehab starts, you know, with a couple of months in between, like what? But Hendricks, if you know Liam Hendricks, and, and I've had the chance to talk to him here on the score a couple times, what he told Rick Hahn just wasn't surprising to absolutely anyone. And he told me that first day of spring, he goes, I'm going to be back, you know, before those six, I could be back before those 60 days are up. And I was like, hey, that's great. Good news. Good to hear. I'm going to go talk to somebody who, you know, is part of the rehabilitation. And they were like, he's He's committed, and it is every bit possible that he's going to be back within those 60 days. Now, today, I believe, is day 60, uh, maybe 61, so he was very close to it, and he was very clear that he was part of his motivation was to get back as quickly as, as possible, and he didn't want to rule out the first two months of the season. Uh, now, the fact is, is he was able to do so much while still getting treatment. I mean, it did hit him for a few days, as it would anybody. Uh, but the fact that he was able to maintain a, somewhat of a throwing schedule and was occasionally off a mound and was still able to long toss and be by the complex, uh, he never really sort of atrophied his base down uh, all the way to zero, and that allowed him to come back once he was cleared and in the course over you know basically five or six weeks, which, again, is awfully remarkable. Got some text messages about Lonzo Ball while we were talking about that earlier. And then... Someone just texted in and said, so you're telling me that Liam Hendricks is coming back from cancer sooner than Lonzo Ball? Like, dude, that's harsh, bro. Let the guy let the guy chill, man. Uh, but Liam Hendricks back on the roster today. Jimmy Lambert, as a result, hits the 15-day DL with ankle inflammation. I saw that, and I thought to myself, that BS? Ankle inflammation? Like, did we just make that up, Put up, throw him on the 15-day, and, you know, so you didn't have to do something else? Probably, but... I like it. I like sneaky things like <laughs> I like sneaky things like that. Uh, my biggest complaint about the White Sox recently has been that unlike the Cubs, who have been able to bring up a Matt Mervis, a Christopher Morrell, bring up a Javier Assad, you know, to to fill out the bullpen, the Sox team is who they are, and they don't have the, that luxury. But there are some names that we hear often, and so while Rick Hahn was talking about Liam Hendricks, he did get asked a question by a prospect that a lot of us uh, can't wait to see. And it is Colson Montgomery. Colson is uh, in extended doing baseball activities and slowly ramping up. Ramos joined Kannapolis and is getting close to joining Birmingham this week. Yeah, see a little Colson. Why not? Hopefully, uh, we just hopefully we get to wait till September to see something like that, so that that way we don't have to uh, admit that the Sox are out of contention way before that one. Um, but the Sox, of course, losing three out of four to the Detroit Tigers. They get an opportunity to right the ship today against the Los Angeles Angels. Michael Kopech on the mound. We'll keep it a close eye on that one. Uh, but earlier today, Cubs get the victory. one nothing versus the Tampa Bay Rays. You heard it right here on 670. The score, Marcus Stroman. Complete game. A CG. I never, who calls it a CG? Right? Like, I mean, I feel like. Stroman does a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Am I doing it wrong? And if I say CG, are people going to think I'm stupid because they they're not going to know what I'm talking about? CG, baby. CG Stro. That's what I'm going to call him from now on next time I hear, hear from him. But complete game. Nine innings pitched. Gave up just one hit, one walk, struck out eight. And just, it was exactly what the Cubs needed in this position. After getting swept by the Cincinnati Reds, and this is what a 500 team does. 
This is this right here is exactly what a 500 team does. They lose to the Reds three straight games, but then they let you know that they're still good enough to beat the best team in baseball. That's literally, and then and then then they win the first game, right? So that when game two comes and it's seven two Tampa Bay, you're just like ah, damn it, that was a fluke. But hopefully not. Kyle Hendricks on the bump um, tomorrow gets an opportunity to make it two two straight. What do you think, Alex? I mean, last last game he did four and a third, which I thought was crazy. Threw eighty six pitches in that one. That was a high pitch count there. You think he goes over five tomorrow? I do. I, I think against the well, Rays, maybe not over five. I'll say right at okay. five. Okay. Now he's going to have to be pretty good because the Cubs are going against one of the best pitchers in baseball. And when you watch Shane McClanahan pitch, the ball just moves different coming out of his hand than pretty much anybody in Major League Baseball. So I I think that David Ross is hoping we need to get at least a little bit of length yeah. out of out of the professor. Five innings would be good. I think most Cubs fans would be happy with that. I think Rossi would be happy with that. I think Kyle Hendricks would be happy with that. Um, to get that type of a, an outcome, doesn't need to be a bunch of strikeouts. Keep the walks to a minimum and keep the game close enough so that that way the bullpen themselves has an opportunity to to prove themselves wrong. And they should be rested after today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ah, this is great. All right, we get to continue our Cubs conversation. Well, none other than Bruce Levine, one half of Inside the Clubhouse, David Haw. He'll be hanging out with us, give us his uh, thoughts on uh, Marcus Stroman's performance. And does he think that the Cubs can make it two in a row with Kyle Hendricks? We talked to Bruce Levine after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez on Memorial Day right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Here comes the one-two to Bethancourt. And he swings and misses, and that's out number one. Stroman gets his first strikeout of the day. And now the 3-2. The lead at first by Rayleigh. No score, third inning. Swing and a miss, strike three. Siri is out number two. He will take strike three. Called. A Rosarena called out on strikes. Stroman gets his fourth strikeout of the day. Pat Hughes with the call right there. On 670 to score. We went through four, but he had eight on the day. Of course, we're talking about Marcus Stroman. As the Cubs defeat the Tampa Bay Rays 1-0 after a complete game, one-hit shutout uh, by Stro. And right now, we get an opportunity to talk about the game a little bit more uh, with our next guest joining us right here on the Sorka Resort and Casino Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. He is our baseball analyst here at the score, also a contributor for the Marquee Sports Network. And you can hear him on Saturdays inside the clubhouse with David Haw. Of course, we're talking about the legendary Bruce Levine. Bruce, what's up, man? How are you? How are you doing, Gabe? Yeah, it was a great day at the ballpark today. And what a performance by Marcus Stroman. Uh, just unbelievable command. And I had him eating out of the palm of his hand all day long. And uh, it's a shame he gave up a hit because it was one of the more dominant performances on a team that has had a lot of dominant performances by their starting pitchers. Unfortunately, hasn't translated into a great team record at this point. Yeah, Wander Franco got the opposite hit right there. It was like a little blooper. And even when you saw it happening in real time, Bruce, you were like, no, not the blue, not the blooper to break up the no, no. It just if but but Strowman took it in stride. It seemed like it didn't affect it too much. Like he said himself, he didn't realize that he had the no hitter going anyway. Right. Well, you know, again, 
it's just a man at work. That's how you look at him. He's a determined guy. Um, you know, kind of a uh, introvert out uh, and, and a you know extrovert at the same time. He's when he talks, he has a lot to say. When he's on social media, he has a lot to say. When he's in his own world and his world of pitching, he is certainly uh, locked into that frame of mind and that kind of uh, Zen moment for himself when he's in that mode. So uh, it's been fun to watch him. I, I don't think the record over the last two years uh, shows just how good he has pitched. There, there were a lot of games last year that he pitched extremely well and the defense just wasn't there for him. Had some injury situations last year. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Cubs are able to hold on to him after this year. He's got one more year left on a contract after this, but he can uh, walk away from that contract uh, after this season. He has that clause in there where he can uh, shop himself on the market and uh, end the the, uh, three-year deal with the Cubs. So we'll see how that shakes out. Bruce, we were talking uh, earlier on the show, had a lot of calls coming in, and I posed the question. I said, you know, if he is to opt out and, you know, you, you do want to extend them to some some degree, you know, how many years would that be? I'm interested uh, in your take on that. And then one of the, one of the calls that I that I got that was really good, well, he's like, well, well if we still got Jamison Tyone and we're paying him $18 million a year, like how much do we have to give Marcus Stroman? So what does that number look like to you? And how many years would you give a guy who just turned 32 on, on uh, May 1st? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's very risky to give long-term contracts to guys that are uh, that old. And uh, not because they're not worth it. They are. I mean, Stroman's worth that kind of money. I, I'm just uh, I'm not big on giving pitchers four- or five-year deals after 30 years of age. It just doesn't usually work out. And, uh, you know, that's not saying that Marcus is not going to dominate and go somewhere else and do it. But I, I just think that for the Cubs organization – uh, right now, it's all about um, promoting more pitchers from within and identifying those. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, Stroman stays this year. He wants to stay. He's got to, getting paid a lot of money, you know. For next year, he's going to get another $22, $23 million. So it's not like he's getting chump change. Uh, <laughs> if he thinks he's a $30 million pitcher and someone will give him a four- or five-year contract for – 30 million a year. I imagine he'll have to take it, but um, I, I just, uh, the risk reward is too great for me for pitchers that are 31, 32 years old, giving them long-term deals. I'm all for paying Marcus Stroman, you know, for a couple of years, you know, 27, $28 million. That's what he wants. But I, I'm, I'm not into the, the big numbers for older pitchers. It just doesn't work out. And it's, it's too risky. I think. We're talking to Bruce Levine here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez here. So let's look at the other side of that because some other calls were coming in. Joe from Orland Park. Uh, can't, can't forget that one because people were coming down on him hard because he suggested the notion of a trade. Um, you know, it's, for, for what you just said, too, Bruce, allowing other guys to get some innings and, and have opportunities. Uh, for, with you saying that, you know, you wouldn't be willing to give him that much money or a longer contract, is that something that you would have on the table? Well, I don't. I don't know if you have to go to one extreme to another. Uh, if you do trade him, uh, you know the, the other team is only getting him for a couple months, so he's, he's automatically going to be a free agent if you trade him. Uh, that other team, you know, is likely not going to be able to sign him. So, what do you get back for him for a two-month rental? Is the question. If he continues to be dominant like he is, you might get more than you think. 
you might get uh, might get you know top one or two uh, player from another organization, maybe a top you know top five pick, top five uh, uh, prospect from some other team. Um, I think that might be worth it. Look, the Cubs are still rebuilding. Okay, does anything tell you, uh, you know, a uh, Central Division championship or competing for the World Series this year? I don't think we're I don't think we're there yet. They've had some really good moments for a lot of their uh, a lot of their players, and they they have better players this year. They're a much more entertaining team, um, a better defensive team, uh, but. I don't. I don't think it's uh, it's quite there yet. They have a ways to go before they're a championship caliber team. And uh, you know, you you look at pitching and you say, well, Stroman might be that answer for them. I uh, I just don't. I think he's the right pitcher at the wrong time for the Chicago Cubs. That's how I would. That's how I'd phrase it. He's certainly worthy. He's been great for them. I think he'll continue to pitch well for the next few years, but I just don't think the timing of it is right for the Cubs. Yeah, it's tough. Tough situation for uh, for him to be in. Tough situation for the organization to be in, especially you know pitching the way he has those last three outings and this this season. At the beginning of the season, he was just lights out as well. So I mean, you're right, right pitcher, wrong time. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the Cubs do with him. One other thing we were talking about before we move on from Stroman um, is, is how tall he is. Now, obviously, you've been able to be right next to him. Is that five seven like a an athlete's five seven where he's really five five or is he really you know a five seven and a quarter when you when you've been next to him, Bruce? I, I don't the athlete he is. I don't look at him as small. Okay, I, I just don't. I, I he's a he's a terrific athlete. He's strong. Uh, he's got a really strong body. Um, the guy throws extremely hard. You know, so I don't look at. I don't look at people that are short in height as being small. I look at them at, at the whole body, the body of work, how they, uh, how they per- portray themselves. And uh, I just look at the guy as a, as a really great athlete and a, and a really good pitcher. So from all of that, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of Marcus Stroman. Don't see anything small about him. Yeah. His eyes clearly, um, has nothing to do with his pitching performance because he threw a gem today. Nine innings pitched, one hit, uh, eight strikeouts, and one walk as the Cubs defeat the Tampa Bay Rays today, a one nothing. Another thing that you know myself and a lot of the fans were were scratching our heads about today, Bruce, was the, the lineup construction. And it seems as though Rossi's getting a lot of crap for you know what he's been doing with the team. You know, throwing Mastroboni, uh at the top of the order, moving Nico down one. You know, uh, having you know Morell out and Patrick Wisdom coming in in that that pinch hitting situation. Do you feel the same way as a lot of these fans do, where where sometimes you question the lineup of the Chicago Cubs, or or is it just a matter of you know finding guys some days off? Well, I, I just think that the, on a given day, Ross is just trying to match up and, and get the best matchup out there. He sat Morell today. He sat Wisdom after uh, hitting two home runs yesterday. Uh, I mean, I questioned him about that before the game. I said, well, how do you do a lineup construction, you know, with a guy that hit two home runs yesterday and that you got a pitcher that's reverse splits, that righties hit better than lefties. And Ross was candy. He said, well, you know, Wisdom's been struggling <clears throat> before those two uh, home runs. He he struck out 30 times in his last 56 at-bats. You know, that, that tells you everything you need to know about not making a lot of contact. 
And he talked today he wanted a different lineup with uh, some more left-handed hitters in there. And maybe uh, you see he moves uh, Swanson down. Uh, he moved Horner down. So from, from the, the whole ball wax, they're just searching for a way to produce runs. They didn't produce a lot of them. They produced one, which was enough today. But uh, that that's just the way it goes, you know, at this point in time. Yeah, and you try to you know you try to put, make some sense of it, but I think I think that's really what it is. I think it's just you know Rossi's trying to do his best with what he has, and and you know sometimes he has a, a, a gut feeling, and, and he allows for that to be just the case. You know when you're looking at the Cubs, Bruce, you know sitting there, you know a, cu- a couple games out of first in, in the NL Central. You know w- what direction do you see the team going in? I mean, like I was I was mentioning a lot today, where you know you you get swept by the Reds over the weekend. And then, obviously, on the back of Marcus Stroman, you 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 defeat the team with the best record in Major League Baseball, and it kind of it kind of gives you that fuel in the short term, um, but but you're still where you're at in the present. So so I mean, when you see a victory like this, is it just that? Is it just you know the uh, another notch in the the season of a team that's you know more than likely going to be around 500, or do you you know do you see this being a squad that you know Hoyer can make some moves and, and it puts them in a better position to take the division? Well, look, uh, they have really good starting pitching. They got three of the better starting pitchers in the National League right now, and Smiley, and Stroman, and uh, Steele. So, so you know, every every five man rotation, you can project that you have a chance to win three of those games out of every five. You know, going in, that's 600 baseball. If you just break it down simplistically, okay, they're not going to win all those, but they're going to be in a lot of those games. So it's not all doom and gloom for the Cubs. The, the bullpen has been, you know, really tough. I mean, the veterans that they brought in this year have not gotten the job done. There's been a lot of games that were have been left on the table because of the fact that they just had not have a good bullpen and run production has been erratic. So uh, the Cubs are a uh, unfinished product team. Um, they woke up today with the worst record in the National League, yet they were only five games out of the, the division okay because it, it's a mediocre division with the teams that are, are are struggling to find out who they are as well so at, at some point uh Gabe Poyer asked himself around June 30th um are we a team that has a chance to make the playoffs uh with a sub 500 record or are we a team that have a chance to get ourselves some more really good players if we trade away the Bellingers and the Strowmans and uh, the people that are out there with one year left. Do you, do, do you even dare to think about trading Jan Gomes in the last year of his contract, knowing how important he's been to development of the uh, pitchers uh, on this team? So there's a lot of tough questions that Hoyer and his front office has, have to ask themselves uh, within this next month. June will be the month where it proves out whether or not they think that it's worthwhile to continue to try to contend for 2023 or move on and get more good players and trades for 2024. The likelihood of you holding on to Bellinger isn't very realistic uh, going into next year. Gomes might want to stay. He's been, you know, a a really good player and a leader for them. Uh, You have Amaya who's probably going to be called up here in the next couple months and do a lot of the catching and Barnard, has done a good job, but he can't hit. So from that perspective, uh, there's a lot of questions that uh, are need to be answered here over the next 30 days. 
What a tough position to be in, you know, where you have to make the right one. You don't have to, but, you know, you want to make the right one, I should say, Bruce. And you just know there's a ton of pressure there because you want to make the fan base happy. You want to make the right decisions for your organization. But at the same time, you want to put your team in a position to be successful and competitive for the next couple of years. Uh, we're talking to Bruce Levine here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Uh, you know, the guy who's going to be on the bump tomorrow, Kyle Hendricks, you know, had a decent outing uh, for his first time in, in, in a little less than a year. What do you think of that first start? And what are your expectations for the second go-round? Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's been, uh, you know, this is the second start in almost uh, 10 months. Uh, Kyle uh, had, you know, didn't really have the command that he needed, but he did show decent velocity being up there at 88, 89. For him, that's pretty good. <clears throat> He's got to stay up there uh, at 88, 89. So the breaking stuff has a differential there that uh, the hitters can't notice. If he's down at 87, 86, and the breaking ball is at 80, uh, it's not going to really work out too well for him. So uh, pinpoint command is something that he needs. And, uh, uh, you know, again, will Kyle Hendricks be on the trade block if he develops into uh, the pitcher that he was over, you know, his great career? Uh, I know everyone's rooting for him, but it's been a little while since he's been that Kyle Hendricks. I got to be honest, Bruce. I'm I'm part of the group that the contingent that that does want him want, want does want the Cubs to get something back in return for him. I just think they have a lot of arms. You know, the rotation looks they got guys that can step in and eat up some innings and and play particularly well. So if you got a guy like like Hendricks, every team could use a, a back end starter. So if he does continue to pitch well, you know, you try to get something for him. But but well, what does that what does that market even look like? Not necessarily one that wants a starting pitcher, but you know, what is the return? If Let's assume that he's a guy that can give you five, six innings and, and you know, create that nine, ten mile power difference between the fastball and the changeup. Um, what, what, you know, what does that look like in terms of, you know, assets in return? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, you got a veteran pitcher who's been through the wars, was on the hill when they won a National League uh, championship, on the hill when they uh, started the game when they won the World Series. I mean, you know, he's he's – you know, he's, he's a legendary pitcher in the Cub organization. He'll go down as one of the, uh, the best pitchers and one of the most important pitchers in the uh, franchise history. But at, at this point in time, it's all about, you know, he's going to be 34 in July, I mean in August. And uh, what you can get back for him uh, is probably the, the best answer. I mean, nobody stays around forever, and uh, I think Kyle knows that as well. Uh him being a terrific guy on top of being an outstanding pitcher makes it even harder to talk about him leaving the franchise because I think the the Cubs, uh, you know, realize what a great citizen and person he's been in that clubhouse for all these years and what a joy he's been for the uh, uh, media to cover. Just a real gentleman and always there, uh, you know, for you, uh, as cooperative as anybody could be and helping us send out the message about uh, what's going on with him and the rest of the team. We're talking to Bruce Levine here on 670 to score our baseball analysts and uh, co-host of inside the clubhouse. Make sure you guys check that out on the score as well. Every Saturday, you know, speaking of great individuals and, and good human beings, you know, not enough can be said about Liam Hendricks and his, his character and, 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 and his uh, journey back to major league baseball. You know, you, I know you've been following that Bruce some, you know, what, what was that like for you seeing uh, the, the news come down that he was going to be a part of the Sox roster today? Well, after I was at the Cubs today, I was over at the White Sox and just uh, shaking hands with him, wishing him good luck. He wasn't 
talking to the media. He'll talk tonight after he pitches. I I expect him to, one way or another to be in the game tonight and uh, get that uh, adrenaline thing going again and just getting this great story uh, back in perspective of uh, having stage four cancer and now being back in the major leagues, um, you know, six months later. It's, it's pretty phenomenal stuff. So um, I know uh, that uh, everybody's going to be rooting for him. This is just not a, a local story. This is a, a huge national story, and it's a it's a great um, it's a great story about a, a really giving guy who got a bad deal and then uh, with uh, great medical care at the Mayo Clinic and uh, his doctors uh, has uh, is cancer free now and ready to go back and compete. So I, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled for him and his wife Carrie. Uh, I'm excited about them, and I think before the end of the evening for the White Sox and Angels game that you'll see uh, uh, Hendricks in there getting the standing ovation, and a, a standing ovation not only from the White Sox dugout, but from the Angels dugout as well. It'll be a great thing, and I honestly cannot wait to see it happen. Uh, Bruce, appreciate you for hanging out with us today. Make sure you check out Inside the Clubhouse this uh, past weekend. had Jan Gomes on, uh, so you get to hear from him. Make sure you check it all out on the Odyssey app. Bruce, have a great evening, okay? Always a pleasure, Gabe. Have a great night. Always. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. All right. Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez. <sighs> good stuff there. It's always good to circle back, Alex. You know, like we, I can have my little stupid conversations and say whatever I think that's in my heart and talk to the fans. But like to get to talk to Bruce Levine after that and like be like, hey, this is what we talked about earlier. Yay or nay. <laughs> and Bruce just be like, yeah, you know what? This is how I feel about, you know, because, listen, if you read between the lines right there, it almost sounded like, well, obviously, I, I don't want to speak for Bruce Levine, right? But but when he was saying, you know, I don't think they should give him four years at it's, that age. I think he says it, it was dangerous to give somebody dangerous. at that age that type of contract. Dangerous to give someone that type of money. But he did say, hey, just like I was saying earlier, you can give a guy a raise. He's perform- he's he's I would say he's outperformed his contract. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, when you do something like that, regardless of the profession, you want to get paid accordingly, regardless of your age. Especially when you feel like you can still perform at a high level. So Bruce did seem aligned with that. Give him twenty seven million for a couple years. But you know Strowman after going a complete game shutout, one hitter versus the Tampa Bay Rays, if he could just stay around that pace, getting like six, seven innings, striking out five or six, keeping the hits to a minimum. He's most certainly, maybe not 30, but he's most certainly going to want 27, 28 million for four. He's going to want four years. Because remember, you got to do the mental math in your head. I'm 32. Four more years, I'm 36. That's probably the window. Like 37, 38, 39, you're asking yourself, am I still pitching? Can I still be effective on the mound? Like that's when those questions come into play. But, like, your mid-30s, you're still feeling good, especially when he's throwing 95. Yeah, and that's the argument he'll make. He's like, he'll be like, well, I'm pitching some of the best ball of my career. Yes, age, but this is the best I've pitched in my career. I want to be here in Chicago because I know y'all got money. Ah. Yep, and I know that you just signed another pitcher who isn't performing that well. (laughs) So I'm going to put the ball in your court. That was a power move, I got to say. Yes, good PR move from the very beginning because now fans will put the pressure on uh, Hoyer and the Cubs organization as well. Why, why, why don't we just give him a couple extra dollars? We need that. But here, but then what the problem that you end up 
having if you do something like that is kind of, not exactly the same, but kind of like the problem that the White Sox have with some of their position players. You create this log jam, which then doesn't allow for your younger talent in, in the minors to come up and have opportunities. And so there's a lot of arms in the Cubs farm system that people would like to see. But if Stroman was still here along with a Tyone, you, who you got to let pitch because you paid him the money, you got your smiley and your steal. It's like, you know, I know you got to pay those. You know, so it's a tough situation to put yourself in to the Cubs. Yeah, and that phenomenon, not only with Marcus Stroman, but I, I know he's hurt right now, Cody Bellinger, yeah. too. Where you're like, what? What is the type of money if he continue? He comes back healthy and continues to play at this level. What type of money is he going to ask for? Is that going to create a logjam in a system where they are rich with with outfield prospects? They are not paying Cody Bellinger, and I'll tell you why. Agreed. The reason why is because Christopher Moreau is playing a lot of center field last year, and if they're looking for a place for him to be, that's where you want your best athlete, and you not put him in a short. You got Dansby there. You just gave him a big contract. So to put Christopher Morell at center and allow him to blossom there to become a better position player who has an actual position. Listen, I know we're going to go to break in a second, but what did I say? I said something last year or last last time I was on the radio. Uh, what was it about? Oh, I was talking about how I played. Uh, how I was a pitcher uh, for my Little League All-Star team. Uh, at Churchill Park over on uh, Damon and Armitage, in between Armitage and North Avenue right there. And I was trying to say that I knew what some of the pressures were like, you know, for guys that have thrown no hitters. Okay, I, been, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did something stupid like that. And I'm going to say the same thing for a guy like Christopher Morrell. Like, when I'm – so the short version is the reason I even got my job here in radio is because I played baseball, okay? And – Playing left field and right field, completely different. Watching the ball off the bat, the trajectory, the way it spins, the angles that it goes in. And so, like, when you're making that jump from one side to the other, not that you can't, right? If you do it enough, it's just you'd prefer not to. I'd prefer not to have to do that math in my head while the ball's coming off the bat, reading line drives, going to. So for Christopher Morrell, the same way they were saying Andrew Vaughn getting him out of the outfield and putting him at first was going to do more for his game. The same thing can be said for Christopher Morrell if you line him in that center field position. And when looking for a place for him to play, what can that be? Knowing that you can get assets in return for a Bellinger along while allowing a star to play center field every day, that seems like a good exchange for me. And I'm sure that's something that the Cubs front office is going to be keeping an eye on. All right. I've got one last break before I get up out of here. We're going to do a little Twitter time, man. We've been serious for four hours. It's time to laugh a little bit. A little bit of pop culture, a little bit of sports. I call it Twitter time. We'll do it on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here. Memorial Day coming to a close on the other side on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Well, what do you know? I got an admirer. You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. All those idiots on Twitter. It's Twitter time with Gabe Ramirez. I only know one to know one thing. Can you cuss on Twitter? I give a rat's ass about Twitter. To be brutally honest, I'm not a Twitter guy. Let's scroll through some tweets. Chirp, chirp. Ah, one of my favorite segments on the show. It is called Twitter Time. It is where we mix a little pop culture and a little sports talk here, all right? Uh, In no particular order. 
Let's get this thing started. Sure, sure. First up from Odyssey Sports says the Philadelphia 76ers have reached an agreement with Nick Nurse to become their next head coach, uh, which is kind of wild. I mean, I get it, right? You give Nick Nurse the opportunity to have a, a wealth of talent on his squad, which outside of Kawhi Leonard never really had. So I just don't know. I mean, is James Harden going to come back? Are they going to add some pieces? Can Joel Embiid stay healthy again throughout an entire playoffs? I mean, just so much there. But all I know is the Philly fans are going to come down on Nick Nurse if he doesn't win them a championship. Chirp, chirp. Uh, next up, this from underscore ML Football. It says free agent wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins posted a video of himself watching a Patriots Super Bowl on Instagram. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Maybe he just thought it was a cool game. You know, maybe he just wanted to get the people going. I mean, I have no idea. It was the the Patriots comeback against the Atlanta Falcons? Ah, just a great game to watch. Maybe he's just uh, he was working out, so he can't control what's on the TV. He just people read into these things way too much. Sure, man. sure. I just don't think you think he's gonna, where do you think he's going to land, Alex? Kansas City. Ooh, I know. Or Buffalo. Yeah, I probably would say KC. He's like. He can go tell Patrick Mahomes, say, hey, dude, you need to go up and get a guy like Tom Brady did with Randy Moss back in the day. Exactly. I can that's be that the, that's dude. That's a comparison. And that's why he posted up the, the Patriots thing. That's where I was going. All right. Uh, this from the Irish Tribune it says national champions. Notre Dame lacrosse defeats Duke 13 to 9 to win the to win the 2023 NCAA championship for men's lacrosse light up Grace Hall. The Irish are number one. I don't follow a lot of men's lacrosse or lacrosse in general, but I just remember the Duke like scandal from back in the day with their lacrosse team. And so every time I see them in the championship, I'm like, mm-hmm. I remember about, I know what kind of parties you guys are throwing, uh, but congratulations sure, to the sure. Notre Dame team. This from Mina Kimes. She said a tiny thing from, from the succession finale, uh, but I loved how long they nailed something. I remember being shocked by in college wasp families. Don't know what wasp means. Uh, but it says they have gorgeous kitchens and no food with the worst snacks. I don't know what houses you were going to, but all my rich friends always had a full full, full fridge and always had the dopest snacks. So uh, maybe we were just hanging out with the wrong, sure, wrong sure. people. Uh, this from Too Cool to Blog. It says Khalees. Alex, you know who Khalees is? I do not. All right. She sings the song, My Milkshake Brings All the Boys okay, to the Okay, yes. Yard. I do know the song. Hey, I figured you know the song. I just didn't know if you would be able to without knowing the song, making the connection. Um, she, along with Janelle Monet, have been on the internet uh, showing showing a lot. And so it says Kalisha's off her outfit of the day on her farm. She has a farm. And so maybe she's getting the milk from the cows now. <laughs> or My Milkshakes Brings All the Boys to the Farm instead. And said Netflix or somebody needs to make a show about Khalees called Farming with Khalees. <laughs> Something. Just give Khalees a show. They obviously just want to see her a little bit more often. Chirp, uh, chirp. Like most of us. Uh, got a couple more here. This from Vikings fan page on Twitter. Says Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson wants to win a ring for Minnesota. Shocker. Now, the reason I even pulled up that tweet was because for like the last week, everyone's been talking about how the Lions are the favorite and will the Bears finish second. Like, what? Why are we just not talking about the Minnesota Vikings? Like, that's the stupidest thing to do. They still have Justin Jefferson. They still have Dalvin Cook. And they still have the gunslinging Kirk Cousins. 
So they might have lost some pieces, but you got to just don't overlook the Minnesota Vikings. Just you'll get two losses if you do. Chirp, chirp. All right. Uh, let's see. The notorious Lex says she ate an Italian beef with hot peppers at Wrigley Field. The farthest thing, the most most Chicago thing she's ever done. You gotta hang out with me. Uh, maybe I'll get you some more stuff than that. She also wrote that uh, she went to took the red line from Wrigley to White Sox Park for Game Two, and it's the most lit train ride she's ever been on because they were passing a bottle of whiskey around the train. It uh, sounds about right. That's something else. Uh, let's see. What do I want to talk about to end this whole thing? Oh, is this my last one? Oh, it is. All right, give me one last one. Chirp, chirp. Uh, stars are in the building for Game 7 today. Justin Turner's there. Rajon Rondo's there. Jamal Crawford. And I can't wait to take my ass home so I can watch the end of that one because it's going to be a good one. Game 7 basketball, two of the best words in sports. All right, I'm about to get up out of here, mi gente. Uh, what a show. Marathon show today, four hours. Four hours solo show? Holla at somebody that's doing that here on the score. Uh, I'm sure people have in their previous lives. Uh, but four-hour solo is not an easy task. But that's why you got to thank people at the very end. I want to thank Josh Nelson from Socks Machine for chatting with me earlier. Sam Amico giving us some great insight on Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. And, of course, we just got off the phone with Bruce Levine uh, with some great stuff on the Chicago Cubs and uh, letting us know he talked to Liam today. So he's anticipating him talking and getting that standing O by both teams on the south side. Got to thank Alex Kuhn, producer today. Great job today, man. We thank were, you. We were flowing today. We were. You did a great job, obviously, We with how fast that Cubs game went. Dude. Had to a, hop on here quick, I man. Was in, I was in an Uber like, can we drive faster? <laughs> Marcus Stroman is throwing a gem right now. All right. Uh, next time I will be on your radios tomorrow, 6 o'clock, leading you into Cubs baseball. So I want you guys to enjoy what is left of your Memorial Day. And then come hang out with us on the score. Cubs baseball starting at 7.05, so make sure you're here for that. As Liam Hendricks get, or, yeah, no, look at me. Throwing it all. Kyle Hendricks gets Other the Hendricks, yes. <laughs> I need to get out of here. All right, mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time. I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.